0: out the oven, it's Cinema Bums. I'm Emmett, and I'm Wade. Ah, Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie and popular film franchises one each week to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today, we are returning to our mini series. Won't you take It to Waititi Town, covering every film directed by Taika Waititi? We will fully spoil today's film. Thor Love and Thunder will probably also spoil Infinity War, maybe, and uh, we'll try not to spoil in-game, but who who can say? But we will not spoil any future entries in this series, because currently there are not any. Wade, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Emmett. I'm doing pretty good. A little tired today, but I'm uh, gathering strength by remembering that this movie gave us Tessa Thompson in a Phantom of the Opera t-shirt for most of it so how are you doing i'm doing well the fact that i'm doing
0: well has almost nothing to do with having watched this movie recently however <laughs>
1: yeah so
0: <laughs> uh yeah let's get into it uh, <laughs> uh the waves have been great here i was just listening i just re- went back and listened to our thor our thor uh ragnarok episode and apparently Ooh. back then when we recorded in february it was s- just starting to be spring it's fall and summer here the waves have been firing for like a week straight it's been sick and you know getting that good that good sun-kissed feeling so
1: yeah it is full-on summer here too the bugs are out the rats are out it's a big street party of vermin here everywhere we go just read that yesterday someone in manhattan climbed a crane and then took all all of his clothes and yelled can you dig it repeatedly for 15 minutes until the police took him down so i can dig it man
0: that is sweet oh yes uh he probably was protesting for better ac in his apartment mm. building that is mm. horrifying truly wait this mm. movie thor love and thunder 2022 the cursed year of our lord uh directed <laughs> by taika waititi what are the other very brief stats for our listener uh, to know about this movie
1: we're recording this right after its first weekend. It was released July eighth, twenty twenty-two. It is the thirty-sixth entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the thirteenth in phase four. Oh my lord. Thirteenth in phase four already? Mm-hmm. Good. That's uh, counting the uh TV shows, but oh. they're all part of the they're all part of the same thing now. As you mentioned, directed by Taika Waititi, this is his seventh feature film. It was written by him and Jennifer Caton Robinson, who also wrote the HBO Max film Unpregnant. Uh, They wrote this film together, and it is important to note that Taika did not write Ragnarok. Although there was that stat, what did they say, that 90% of it was improvised on the set.
0: It 80% is what okay. Taika said in one interview. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we believe it, who can say?
1: The score for this movie is by Michael Giacchino, who also did the score for Jojo Rabbit, and by Nami Melamad, who did the score for, I have to say, the, the underrated, very good HBO Max film, An American Pickle. Have I you seen know. that one I haven't have it's like a Seth Rogan comedy, but it's it's a more serious it's a kinder, gentler Seth Rogan comedy, okay. He plays a guy from a hundred years ago who get frozen in a pickle factory and then he wakes up in twenty twenty and hangs out with his like great 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 grandson <laughs> and is shocked at the state of the world, <laughs> but it's pretty good that seems fun. It was good. They did the score. They replaced Mark Mothersby of Devo, who did Ragnar. Oh, yeah. Remember all those synthy goodness that has been replaced by uh, a more orchestral score this time around. Um, running a blessed one hour and 59 minutes. Rare that these things are less than two hours. So... Squeaks it in. We got to give it up to Taika for that. Shockingly this film had a budget of 250 million dollars which seems incomprehensible to me having seen the movie (laughs) just doesn't i feel like that's the price of like the avengers movies yeah it doesn't add up it's not on the screen i'm not sure where the budget went it was probably into
0: the multiple resurrections that they had to perform on christian bale (laughs) as he literally died for his role
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are already so many fake out deaths in this movie. <laughs> I mean, already what they kill Korg and he's back immediately. They kill Va- Valkyrie and she's back immediately. This Korg, okay. Korg. I actually
0: want to speak to this Korg moment because that mm-hmm. that is so frustrating when they do things like that. It's like it it cheapens it so much. Just don't even just don't even do it. You know. Yeah. Uh and also. It reminds me of a particularly jarring and weird moment in literature from the Aberat series by Clive Barker, where, spoiler alert, one of your favorite characters' heads gets chopped right off and is brutally described. And you're like, whoa, damn, he was like one of the faves. He's been there with us since like the very first book. And then mere moments later, his ear flaps, because he's this weird, like, gecko-looking guy. His ear flaps start flapping. Oh, it turns out this species of creature only needs its head to survive. So everything's great, folks. He's still with us.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that does sound very similar to what happened. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, it was very similar to what happened to where his face is just, oh, just his mouth and eyes are alive.
1: The thing about both of those, but especially Cork, is, like, it feels like they could die you know yeah it feels a little different if like thor falls down a big hole and you're like will he survive or whatever yeah uh in black panther where like black panther dies like an hour and a half uh and he's gone for 20 minutes you know but it's like no korg could die there so if you show us him dying i'm going to think that's what's really happening for sure uh, we're not quite sure where the budget went, but it's making it back. It made $302 million in its opening weekend alone. That is the third best weekend since the pandemic began behind No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness.
0: And let me tell you, it showed at the movie theater because mm. out here, I have to drive you know a long way to get up there to the movie theater, which is on another island on the Outer Banks. And it is usually the case that I go up and watch stuff, even stuff that's like fairly popular. It'll be like a half full theater. Mm mm-hmm. we, we went to watch uh, No Way Home. No, we didn't watch. I wasn't watching it opening weekend, but it was like a half to third full theater. When we went to go see Top Gun, it was like maybe three quarters full. Mm. The whole place was packed out. I didn't even I couldn't even get a ticket couldn't get a ticket in time by the time i arrived there for the showing that i had wanted to see so i had to like get one oh, wow. because the just like the line in the just like the whole place was packed out with people wow. and i was like i've never seen it this busy in this theater in my life so good wow. for them i don't think they, i don't think they were all going to thor but it was just like a big ass weekend out here for movie theater
1: that's awesome yeah i know you normally don't get to see it with many people so that's cool. Did the crowd seem into it?
0: They clapped at the end. Like, a fair number of people clapped at the end. Okay, okay. People were laughing and be like, oh, yeah, like, this thing. I heard at the end of the movie when the credits were rolling, uh-huh. they're sitting next to these two, like, teenage girls, and they were one of them was like, oh, Christian Bale was in this. Who's Christian
1: Bale? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I saw this back-to-back. So I saw this first. Laura's leg is still broken. So it's very hard for us to get to the movies. So we were like, if we're going to go to the movies, we're going to see every movie we want to see back to back. So we saw this and then we saw Minions immediately after. And it was a pretty good crowd for both. But at the Minions showing when it ended, these two like adult men came, sat next to us in a little four four row seats. They brought in open bottles of beer with them. And sat in the recliner and immediately fell asleep for the entire film of minions. Uh and when it ended, they woke up and one of them turned to the other and said, Dude, so much better than Thor.
0: That's awesome.
1: What did you think of Top Gun? Um, well, I don't know. I I had a lot of
0: thoughts about Top Gun. Okay. No, really, I just had one thought, which was it was just, like, a very nice depiction of the U.S. military. It was like, yeah, this is rad. This seems like a totally fun and supportive group of people Mm -hmm. who we should definitely Mm -hmm. be funneling just, like, trillions of dollars into.
1: I think I read that the military, like, had script approval.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Because they were letting them use all their stuff.
0: Yeah, when you use, like, all those, that kind of, like, high-tech equipment and they had, like, probably real real Navy pilots, like flying that stuff for them, you know, for the mm-hmm. stunt, for the stunt work. Yeah. Of course they're going to have script proof on It's just going to come out like a glowing, some mm. sort of glowing report. But on the other hand, totally badass, like super exciting to watch.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, completely effective in its goal, you know, just to yeah. hype people up about people in planes blowing stuff up.
1: There was one where I was like totally on the edge of my seat watching it the whole time, Mm -hmm. except for the romance stuff, which I was Uh just like, it felt like a contractual obligation. Tom Cruise. Yeah. No, I have to be the best at everything. And I have to have a hot girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, But truly, I was so into it watching it. I think I came out of it being like a nine out of ten. And then thinking back on it, I'm like, it's pretty good, but it is just the Death Star trench run. Yeah. Like, it is exactly the same. It's just that. Yeah, it is. And it's only that. It's like if Star Wars was only that. But really cool. It is pretty cool. And I do like that there is, like, that it's sort of like a fictional enemy, you know? Like, they never say what country it is. There's, Mm -hmm. like, a fictional flag, and the physical description of the place doesn't really line up with anywhere else.
0: Like, yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah, I agree that it was very much, you know, like... Join join the Air Force, join the Navy.
0: Yeah. Also, like join the Tom Cruise is God called.
1: Yes. That was my other main thought. I'm sh- whenever we do uh Mission Impossible, what's we'll uh-huh. But I think that's a little better because he's playing a little more of a character in those movies. Mm. And there's a little more of everyone around him being like, Oh my god, I can't believe he's like this. Right. But like the whole movie I was like. But this guy in real life would be so annoying.
0: Yeah. Be the worst pers- worst possible person to work with.
1: Like, he is made out to be like the great American man in the movie, and you totally get like his perspective. But it's like but in real life this guy would be insufferable. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll be back next week talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> anyway. What, uh, what other thing? Mixed reviews on this one, it may shock you to hear. Hmm. 57 on Metacritic compared to Ragnarok's 74. And in terms of Taika's movies, that puts it critically between Eagle versus Shark, which is his lowest, at a 55, this at a 57, and Jojo Rabbit at a 58. Hmm. Which we have to remember was kind of, there was a little bit of critical, I don't want to say backlash, but a little askance view from critics on that one. The light tonal approach to the material and now he's made his follow-up Emmett, what does the listener at home need to know about thor love and thunder it is tough Mm -hmm. to me i think it's similar
0: to the difference between the first and second guardians movies Hmm. where like i don't think the second one is anywhere near as strong and i don't think it plays into the strengths i think it like kind of takes this uh, like a strange direction of the things that worked like takes things that worked in context with other stuff from the first movie and doesn't take like the best parts. Mm-hmm. It's a film where Thor has maybe learned the lesson at the beginning kind of is, but not it's like, what was he supposed to have learned? And then what was he supposed to have forgotten during infinity war and Endgame? <laughs> and right. what is he, what has he gotten back and who is he now? But does that question get answered in this movie? Is there is what I want to know or does it not? In this movie, the protagonist is a man named Christian Bale who will do anything for an Oscar in up to and including sacrificing his own child to the gods of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then getting the Necroblade, which is basically the Nightblade from uh, the Northman <laughs> yeah, from the Northman. It's stealing entire sequences from the north man where he goes about massacring the gods which at that point i was like i i want to i want to see people i want to see the avengers get on this guy's team this is the dude who's got he's the man with a plan you know uh-huh. and it just so happens that thor's godly blood is going to condemn him to being hunted by gore then the guardians of the galaxy are there then they're not they
1: tell thor good luck bucko see you in a movie that hopefully has gamora in it uh (laughs) yeah i thought it was funny that we just had this conversation about how infinity war totally rejects ragnarok Uh because this movie totally rejects endgame like in yeah in the first five minutes they're like yeah he lost all the weight and the guardians are gone now we're doing something else
0: yeah Exactly. And then it's going to be about Gore the God Butcher. So they go on this quest because they're like, we need to fight this dude. They don't want him to destroy all the gods because that would be bad, maybe. Well, then they get there. Turns out Zeus is a total douche. And like, what what would you expect having read Greek mythology? But (laughs) this is a real letdown for old Thor, who says, I base a lot of what I do off of him. Well, oh, that was funny. <laughs> which, which is a, a good moment. They decide we're trying to we're trying to get the, all of the gods to come and fight. Then this entirely new idea gets introduced that Gore is going to wish at the wishing well to kill all the gods at once instead of doing it the good uh-huh. old fashioned way with the Necroblade, which was pretty cool and seemed like it was making for a good movie, uh, so far. <laughs> No, it's a, he's going to go to the well of souls and wish upon a star that he might kill all the gods instantaneously. Which reminds me of another guy who had another <laughs> daughter uh-huh. that ends up getting sacrificed who wants to wish all the world away. But I can't even get talk about him <laughs> right now.
1: He apparently had <laughs> never heard of the Gates of Eternity or whatever this is. Yeah. It's- it seemed a lot easier than collecting all six a- of those stones.
0: I mean, uh, <laughs> a whole hell of a lot. Okay, so here's what he has to do to to get to the eternity to the eternity place, which uh-huh. is like a Buddha made of galaxy print pants. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He's got the Necroblade, which somebody just gives him for free.
1: It calls to him. basically. It calls. Oh, yeah. chooses him.
0: Yeah, that's true. The Necroblade, the wand chooses the wizard. Mm -hmm. Goal. And uh, he needs the Necroblade. Well, but he doesn't even need that. If you're going to wish at the wishing well, he just has that by chance. So that's kind of his mission. He needs to get Thor's hammer. And then he just needs to go there and wish for it. That's it, right? Because Thor's axe can do the rainbow. Road there thing? was
1: something about like there's a there's a key and there's a sign or something, but but I thought the key was his axe. The key was the axe, but there was something else they said he had gotten before, but I couldn't. I really could not remember the rules of this movie as they were happening. So basically, he can just go there and wish for it, and whoever gets
0: there first gets the wish. <laughs> gets one wish. <laughs> one wish absolutely no discretion on the part of this eternal like a god above the gods absolutely zero discretion one wish granted boom of course thor needs to stop him because it would be bad for thor personally if all the gods were to be wished away and destroyed so at least that i can get behind you know like thor's got a pretty strong motivation existential motivation there
1: Meanwhile, in another plot line, this movie is also doing, Natalie Portman is back. Natalie Portman is back. Jane Fonda
0: is back. She has, at some point between the last time we saw her and this movie, she has developed cancer and she is going through chemo. She seems like she is not doing what she has stage four cancer at some point mm-hmm. she says mm-hmm. and in a very strange scene i don't know i don't know i felt like that scene was very weird her like best friend and her oh talking right about, mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know Cat
1: coming up she's coping with the cancer by trying her hand at doing a taika waititi joke delivery she really can't quite pull it off, but because she's dying of cancer, everyone is kind of just ignoring it and yeah. telling her she's doing a good job. Yeah, everybody's like, it's okay. <laughs> They're like, you're funny. You're you're really funny and quirky in this, and you seem like you're doing a really good job and very modern in your joke delivery. You don't seem like a regal princess in real life who's trying to play Dom in a movie. That's not how this is coming off. Don't worry. <laughs> so then another
0: weapon calls out to another person in this movie mjolnir mm-hmm. calls out to her and she says i will avenge you father
1: <laughs> i will save you
0: mother i will restore you mjolnir <laughs> and she grabs the hammer of the gods and basically completely so she summons the strength of mjolnir It rejoins itself into a hammer again. Uh And now she has an even cooler hammer than Thor did because this one can fly apart and do all sorts of cool stuff. She becomes blonde Jane Foster, a.k.a. Thor, a.k.a. Dr. Jane Foster, the most badass. But unfortunately, while the hammer does make her feel better while she was holding it and gives her powers, it does not permanently cure her of the cancer. She is still dying. This is how it leads into all of Thor finding her. He sees her, you know, of course, you know, he's got googly eyes for her forever. Then they're going to go on this cross-dimensional time warp together with the goats, which I don't really even have time to explain why there (laughs) are two
1: giant goats, but there are. (laughs) Did the goats work for you or not?
0: I was not really about it with the goats. (laughs) I was like, this was going to be cool if him and Korg rode the goats. But when they Uh made the goats pull the thing, I was like, you're on Rainbow Road with your magic axe. Why do you need goats to pull it? Yeah. You look like a dumb Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of all of this failure, once again, Thor manages to cry good. And then (laughs) Jane still dies. Mm -hmm. Gore the God Butcher resurrects his daughter instead of, you know, like fixing the world he has like a good moment where he like decides to not to do the evil thing and to instead like you know do something good but then instead of doing something really good he still just does like the fairly selfish thing brings back his daughter now his daughter is going to be thor's little sidekick character and i wish this movie had been way more of that i feel like if we had gotten there about halfway through the movie and the rest had been about some completely other thing, this movie would have been about 10 times better. But Mm -hmm. the last five minutes of this are like him and this little superhero girl who can also wield the hammer. Yeah. And they're going to like kick ass together. I do like the redemption arc for Gore. That's nice. Mm -hmm. But I also thought a lot of his stuff was painfully drawn out and like, obvious, I get the point. Like I've seen this character arc. Like, we don't need it yeah you know and like christian bale like really chewing the scenery with it
1: i also i just felt like he was in like 12 minutes of this movie like it seemed like there was so little of him yeah yeah what there was was mostly like pretty rote as you said i like the monologue scene i think that's the good part where he has them captured and he's like explaining to each of them how their lives would be better if gods were all dead Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I thought he was really strong in that scene and good in his final heel turn, as you said. But most of the movie, he was either not there or he was just like standing silently in the background. I was like, okay. So, wait, Uh, flop or pop? This is definitely a flop for me. Yeah. Just a movie that doesn't really work. I like Guardians 2, I think, a lot more than you do. But Mm -hmm. I also kind of had that feeling where it feels like they've just let them off the chain a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of feels like they're just like, yeah, go do whatever. And I still think this movie is a very personal movie. And there are some things I really like about it, especially the ending. I really love the ending. I had sort of written it off. And then we get to like uh, the black and white planet moment. And from there on, I was like, okay, Taika at least seems like excited about directing this. Like Mm -hmm. he is throwing a little bit of energy at this that has been missing the rest of the movie and i like some of the things the movie has to say i just don't think that it really should have been made like i feel like what was the point of it you know like it just seemed i will give my take on this a little bit later about like how that's wrapped up and what is going on here but i i ultimately just don't think that it was really worth it is my opinion what about you a flop or bump unfortunately
0: also a flop for me yeah It wasn't funny enough to propel it along really Mm -hmm. on this like kind of long and weird odyssey that doesn't go anywhere that we haven't really seen before in some of this. And if the setup here is for a war of the gods between the Avengers and like the Greek gods and these other gods, like that's kind of interesting, but it takes a long while to get there too is this like the launch of a thor and love love and thunder tv show you know like is that what this is leading into is this next movie really going to be about thor and this kid or are they going to take it away from taika and kill the kid off in the next (laughs) avengers movie
1: i don't know i really hope the kid is around next time i hope that they don't the wolverine me and have this movie end with him going off with a cool new female sidekick and oh, then just yeah. never mention her again, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Or at the start of whatever, Avengers 12, they're just like, yeah, she's a daycare. And then, you know, that's sort of all, yeah. all that's ever said about it. Okay, I feel like there is a lot of meta stuff in this movie. Hmm. And I feel like Thor's arc is purposefully kind of a metaphor for the MCU in general. Mm. like Thor's whole thing is like now that I've defeated Thanos, he he like literally has a moment where he's like, this is everything that has happened to me. And he goes over all of it. Mm -hmm. And he's basically like, well, I completed my character arc. What, like, why am I still here?
0: Yeah. He says, I'm going to go meditate until they need me to, until somebody says Thor, we need you to win this battle.
1: Um, so he's like sort of lost and aimless. And that's this whole movie is that he's like looking for a reason, basically to exist. He's basically, like, asking himself, why is there a Thor 4 being made <laughs> after <laughs> after Endgame? You know, like, why is this still happening? Yeah. And that stuff, like, read clearly to me. But I was also like, maybe just don't make the movie. Yeah, You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get that you have to make this movie and it has no reason to exist. And you're kind of funneling that into the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a better take than... Not addressing it, but I think an even better take would be not to make a movie that doesn't have a reason to exist. Yeah, yeah. I also definitely think that the King Valkyrie arc in this has a lot of parallels to Taika himself, were I to guess. Hmm. I feel like that she, you know, has achieved the status as the King of Asgard Mm. that she, like, worked very hard to, but it's like, okay, now I'm just in meetings all the time. Uh, now I'm just sort of like wooing fans now I'm like tired all the time and I'm not Mm -hmm. happy Mm. like that felt like the Taika insert character to me of him you know having worked really hard with all of his New Zealand films attaining huge success in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and maybe him being like okay now that I've reached that point all I do is take meetings Mm -hmm. all I do is like impress people who want to meet Taika Waititi and yeah I'm missing the action of what I used to do. Yeah. Damn. So it felt, I mean, it does feel very personal to me as do a lot of his movies, but it's also kind of a boner. Yeah. And the ending, which I do love of Thor being like, Oh no, my reason to keep on going is having a daughter now. Yeah. Like that got me very emotional just thinking about taika as the father of two daughters you know mm-hmm. and we know that his we've talked about his thing being like bring your kids to set like i love yeah he brings his daughters to the set all the time and so that stuff both of like having a ton of their kids be that little group of kids and then i'll have the big moment at the end but also like the ultimate resolution of this movie being that thor is like Oh, I'm a dad to this sweet little girl, and that's why I keep going. Yeah, that felt very personal and sweet, and was was part of what I really loved about this movie. Yeah, but as you said, I had basically written this movie off, and then it gave me that, and it like made me tear up in the last five minutes, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, but like an hour and a half of this was net some zero. Yeah. Substance. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah what is this new power where Thor can temporarily grant everyone <laughs> the power of lightning? That would have come in, re- you know, when that would have come in handy <laughs> anytime before now. Yeah. any any fight that the Avengers have ever had. That he could have awesome. just been like, Oh, by the way, Captain America. Now your shield is a uh, lightning shield as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay. Everybody's stuff is now your stuff plus lightning. He could have done that at any moment and was just, what? When did, when did he learn that trick? That's what I want to know. Yeah. There's just a, a lot of moments like that where I'm just like, what, or this is all just like kind of coming out of, coming out of nowhere. Seeming a little strange. I like your reads on it, a read on the the meta nature of it. But yeah, I think, like you said, the better commentary is just not, not to it at all.
1: A lot of it feels like a kid's movie to me. That mm-hmm. stuff in particular, I don't say that as any, a no. good or a bad thing. That's just how it feels. Especially like all of the gore stuff and even like the design of his like shadow monsters kind of felt to me like it was out of a creepy kids movie, mm-hmm. like a chitty, chitty bang, bang or like a return to Oz. Yeah. Like something designed to be scary to kids. When I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe that we're going to have to talk about kids in cages again on cinema buns, <laughs> but that the stakes of this whole movie is that there's like a bunch of little kids yeah who have been kidnapped and then the end of the movie is like they all get to become thor and like use their stuffed animals to kill a lot of evil monsters
0: and that part is pretty awesome but yeah i do love the design of that creepy like spider car that
1: they're in oh yeah yeah, yeah. what about thor's buns? i mean let me put you on the spot here we talked about Hulk's buns being the first nudity ever in the MCU. Yeah.
0: They decided to take it up a notch.
1: They truly did.
0: I love when the girls, like a couple of the women standing around Zeus in the whole mm-hmm. gods scene, just like straight up faint when they see him. <laughs> they're, they're just knocked, they are not flat. <laughs> it was funny. It's good. Uh, and the part where they asked Jane, she's like, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Gorg, Gorg's like i love it
1: oh yeah that is funny where they talk about it later yeah. i forgot about that how did you feel about the romance in this movie the jane thor stuff strangely mm-hmm.
0: I, I went back and listened to our old episode and i think all of us kind of assumed that this was going to be a rom-com of sorts yeah I, which it's not i don't think at all <laughs> It's not really a ROM anything, but it is definitely a ROM trage if if anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's more of a Nicholas Sparks vibe. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's super sad. I mean, there's this whole montage of their relationship and them, like, kind of drifting apart and their relationship. But then, like, why is he still, you know, like, why is he still torn up? And, like, should they both have moved on? Have they moved on? Is this a healthy relationship? What, mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? You know, what, what do you think?
1: I liked the montage we see mm-hmm. of them sort of living ordinary life together. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good, sort of doing, like, the up thing, like, the life of a relationship, and mm-hmm. you see them come together and fail. I really liked that. I thought we could have used a little bit of that energy in the actual movie. Yeah. Because it felt like they both were just like acting like third graders around each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't even talk to each other. Yeah.
0: It seems very strange for people who like Thor's arc has been towards being able to be more like expressive. Like that's kind of a lot of what's been going on over two or three movies now. You know? Yeah. And uh, also, you'd expect her to also be a little bit more know what was up i don't know Mm -hmm.
1: i like the hospital scene too i really liked when he was just like i love you i always i've always loved you Mm. like that's not a big deal like i really liked that because it felt like we were getting somewhere with like the substance of it you know yeah Yeah. like when i think about the taika tone i think it's like mixing really goofy humor with sincere emotional moments you know yeah yeah yeah. it's not undercutting, sincere emotional moments with goofy humor constantly. Yeah. That's more of, like, the James Gunn thing. I'm not saying I have a problem. Like, in Ragnarok, you know, the death of Odin is played completely straight. Yeah. When Thor powers up at the end and saves his people, it's played completely straight. Yeah. The Valkyrie, like, flashback, which I was glad in this movie, they do sort of talk about her, like, her past lover that she hasn't gotten over. That felt like maybe canonizing some of that stuff from ragnarok but all of that's played straight so for most of this movie i was just like why why does it have to be goofy every single second like it felt like we were missing yeah. the rug pull that taika normally like lulls you into a comfortable place and well because
0: then... i feel like i i bet what happened was the marvel people were like oh it's the funny guy we got to put the funny guy in this movie he's got to be very funny it's always got to be funny you got to make right. him laugh all the time you know
1: yeah I mean, also talking about Jane, like, I don't have much to say about this beyond noting it, but I do feel like looking at Taika's filmography, a lot of these movies are about a woman dying so that an emotionally stunted (laughs) boy will sort of grow up into becoming a man, Mm -hmm. you know, and like take life more seriously. Yeah. And that is basically what happens at the end of this movie. Yeah. Again. I don't have much to say about that one way or another. I do think that Jane is like a fuller character and has been around for three, four movies. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just sort of like Thor has had so much crazy character growth already. I don't know if this needed to be done in this way. And in a lot of the other movies, like the mom in Boy or the Mm -hmm. mom in Hunt for the Wilder People, like it's not characters you know well. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe almost worse, but it's like it's a plot point, mm-hmm. not really a character that sends the characters we know who are often yeah. the young men on their way. This is kind of different. I don't know. There also was a lot cut from this movie to talk about the behind the scenes mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So, stuff we know that was filmed because the actors have talked about it. Jeff Goldblum reprising his role as the Grand Master from Ragnarok. Uh, Peter Dinklage reprising his role as Eitri from Infinity War. Where's the hammer? That guy. That's my mm-hmm. impression. Uh, and Lena Headey, who I believe is from Game of Thrones. We don't know who she was playing, but we know that they all had like separate scenes that were filmed and cut. And then I've got a quote here from Natalie Portman who says there were whole sequences, planets, characters, and worlds that didn't end up in the movie that were hilarious and amazing and we spent a lot of time and energy on. And Christian Bale says, there is an awful lot that I wish was in this film because there's so much gold that's on the cutting room floor. Hilarious and creepy as hell stuff, but that was perhaps pushing it into a realm where it wouldn't have been able to be family friendly, which we wanted it to be. Yeah. yeah.
0: It says I gore dance sequence in particular that was cut
1: yeah they said there was some scene of gore dancing to kate bush that
0: they. that's cut. incredible <laughs> so it sounds like taika was trying to make a movie and they were reining that in or what
1: it sounds to me like at least taika was having a good time on set <laughs> i mean i bet a lot of the stuff was taika calling all of his friends and being like Hey, (laughs) come on through. And they're doing like 16 takes with different accents or different jokes and improv. I bet a lot of that was happening. And like on a grander scale, you know, Taika as this indigenous director from New Zealand, I am kind of like, yeah, take the Disney paycheck and mess around with your friends and make a bad movie and get a ton of money for it. Like, yeah, go off, King, <laughs> I support <laughs> you in that way. For sure. Um, I wish you. I wish you had made a good movie. But like, if you had a lot of fun making a bad movie, I'll forgive at least one. Yeah, I don't know, but it does seem like there's a ton of stuff. I also wonder, like, my guess with Jeff Goldblum, maybe even Peter Dinklage, is that the God Butcher was coming for them. And maybe Marvel got cold feet about that stuff. Zeus gets killed in this movie and then he pops up in the end and he's like, actually, I'm okay. And here's Hercules. You know, I just wonder if Marvel wanted to avoid committing to anything in this movie. Yes. I mean, I do think they're they're avoiding commitment. <laughs> yeah. And that also is part of the Thor arc, too. So it's like, hmm. Well, after this came out, Taika said that he would make a Thor 5 if Chris wanted to come back for it. But do we want to see it? I mean, do you need another Taika Thor
0: movie? The only person who could do a good Thor 5 is probably Taika, especially with the setup that he's given. The problem is, I would rather see Taika do something more interesting on his own, just with a lot of money, and just go and do his own crazy weird thing, you know? Yeah. That's what i am be up to.
1: I thought a lot after I saw this movie about the Matthew Vaughn quote from First Class, where he was like, I want to be the guy who comes in when the last movie was bad and fans don't have high expectations. Mm, yeah. First is the guy who's making the follow up to like the beloved entry in the franchise. That's part of what it is. I think expectations were not high for Thor 3. Right. And Taika blew it out of the park. And because he did so well, you're expecting something really good here. And I feel like it falls even well short of yeah, Thor 3, let alone exaggerated expectations. So For sure. The other thing about this is that Taika has been busy. He's been working like crazy. L- listen to this. This is the end oh. of our behind-the-scenes drama. Okay. But I just want to tally up the things he's done since Jojo Rabbit came out in 2019. In the three years between 2019 and now. He wrote and directed this film, Next Goal Wins, which was originally completely shot in 2019, never released, was reshot last year to replace Army Hammer. Now that is supposed to come out next year and be his next film. It's already done filming. He wrote, directed, and starred in this movie, Thor Love and Thunder. On the TV side, in those same three years, he directed and starred in The Mandalorian, He continued producing Wellington Paranormal and What We Do in the Shadows, which only got more popular. He created, wrote, and produced Reservation Dogs on Hulu, directed, produced, and starred in Our Flag Meets Death on HBO Max, which I've been catching up on, like it a lot. And in other people's movies, he starred in The Suicide Squad, Free Guy, and Lightyear. Wow. He's had a very busy three years. And right now, he's still editing Next Girl Wins. He's filming season two of Reservation Dogs and Our Flag Means Death. And in the future, Mm -hmm. he has been announced to write and direct a Star Wars movie, a live action Akira movie, a Flash Gordon movie, and a movie adapting Alejandro Jodorowsky's graphic novel, The Inkle. As well as an animated Charlie and the Chocolate Factory television series for Netflix and a television series for Showtime adapting what? the graphic novel The Auteur. What? Those are all things that, in the past two years, there have been like official press releases being like, "We are very excited to sign Taika Waititi on to do this." Four movies and two TV shows on top of everything else that is still going on. Damn. Well, hell yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like the man is busy and I also feel like, after watching this movie, like, maybe someone give the man a nap.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no
1: kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: when it's come to that time where we look deep into the heart of our own culture to understand what the cultural context is that this is coming out onto, under. Actually,
1: wait, I don't want to do it. Let's skip ahead to the villain <laughs> report. <laughs> I agree. And I truly have nothing else to say about the villain other than that he should be in more of this movie if he's going to be a big deal.
0: I just want to say that Christian Bale was really out here, probably losing 25 to 70 pounds for this film. Yeah. Probably really scarring his skin in that way. Probably actually walking for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert with no water To understand, somebody give this man a damn Oscar for this role. I mean, he's really laying it all out there. He's got the night blade. He went to another movie's universe and stole a (laughs) weapon so that he could get the Oscar. So that he could touch the eternity and get the Oscar. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, who is your MVP
1: OTT?
0: Other than Thor and I think Mm, we're gonna have to take the Thors off the list
1: oh okay okay but I don't know I don't know if you
0: strongly wanted Jane to be your MVP (laughs) then you can have her
1: I don't I'm sad to say but uh much love to Natalie Portman oh by the way I don't know if you saw this story but there's a hilarious interview with Taika where he was talking about being on set and he said Natalie Portman asked him what he was doing next and he was like well I'm supposed to write this star wars movie and then he was like oh hey i think you'd be great have you ever wanted to be in a star wars movie <laughs> like completely seriously and she was like i was in three of them and he was like really
0: <laughs> incredible
1: my mvp easy pick the actor's name is kieran l dyer is playing axel hmm Formerly known as Astrid, we will validate his identity here, unlike Thor. Axel as Heimdall's unbeknownst son was popped up in this movie. I thought it was a really good performance. He handles the Taika jokes. I think Taika is sometimes best when working with kids. And he's very funny and gives the stakes accurately and just feels like one of the only actors in this movie who is like taking everything seriously and like putting a lot of work into what he's doing so i really loved his performance now i do have to say good luck to this kid because if i was 12 years old and someone was like you look a lot like idris elba we're gonna cast you as idris elba's son that would be i would be done for the rest of my life like my ego would be inflated to the size of eternity that we True, see in this movie truly i it would absolutely ruin me if someone had told me in my early teenage years that i looked and acted exactly like idris elba so i hope this kid has some perspective but he is my mvp i, I thought it was a great performance
0: yeah it's good i i love that he can do like the cool whatever that cool i thing was
1: Emmett? Emmett mvp
0: My MVP would be Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. The part where she is King Valkyrie at the beginning is very funny, especially the Old Spice ad. Oh, yeah. Um, The fact that new Asgard has just become, like, a complete tourist destination is very amusing. And got a big laugh in the theater when it was talking about a small fishing village turned massive tourist destination, which, of course, (laughs) is the entire Outer Banks. So everybody there was like, oh, ah." just like us
1: but i'm sure the taika knows a thing or two about that yeah, ex- too.
0: exactly like new zealand i'm sure exactly
1: and also i turn on my tv and i see taika waititi in a lot of commercials right now so that's why i was like i this old spice thing i get it yeah. i get what you're doing yeah but she's
0: she's great she is playing something all the way to 11
1: this entire movie i'm not entirely
0: yeah. clear what it is but she is messed up. She's going through it.
1: It does feel like there's something in her plot line that is left on the cutting room floor yeah. or is set up for something in the future. I don't really know. Like something is going on with her, but I'm happy to see her anytime, no matter what.
0: Okay. Wait, <laughs> now it's time for a quiz, a surprise quiz from past and future guests of the pod and excellent bass guitarist and band person for caffeine daydream mm-hmm. zane holloman in the name of this quiz is who said it fictional portrait of evil incarnate or just some guy on twitter a quiz by zane <laughs>
1: holloman uh zane i will say while you're looking this up read a good chunk of jason aaron's 500 issue thor run oh my god which is where gordon the god butcher and jane foster thor both come from so I'm excited to hear his review. He couldn't be here cuz he's in Germany. So I'm not actually upset that he's in Germany and not watching <laughs> this bad movie, but but he says the comics are good. Okay.
0: And good for him. I hope he's having a fun time over there. Okay. Number 1. Ha. A scrawny little girl holds the hammer of Thor? What mockery is this? So what so this is it's either some guy on Twitter or a portrait of evil incarnate, a fictional portrait of evil incarnate. And I believe these are all going to be from the Thor movies, at least from the Marvel movies. Okay.
1: Like. Okay. Or maybe from the comics. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 Perhaps. I wonder perhaps. if it's Gore specifically. It, I can tell you it's not Gore specifically for all. Of them. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, that I believe would be a, a Marvel quote. It is. It's a yeah. frost
0: giant. That says that.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. How hideously PC. That's the next quote. (laughs) Yes, that's the next quote. Oh, God. I'm guessing that that is also a Marvel quote. No, that was at uh, some (laughs) on Twitter.
0: (laughs) Uh, Number three is Thor? Are you kidding me? I'm supposed to call you Thor? Damn feminists are ruining everything. Oh, that, I believe, is also a Marvel quote. That is. That's Crusher (laughs) Creel. I don't know who that is number is that from the comics yeah uh, i think
1: okay. that he told me when there is a female thor there's a lot of like hand wringing from the villains in the comics so uh, there's a lot of social commentary
0: for i wager they're letting just anyone be the be thor these days
1: hmm the i'd wager makes me think it's a comic but i'm going to go with twitter
0: it's a drunk asgardian who oh, somehow okay, got hold okay. of a phone uh, wow, did Thor knock somebody up? Um, Twitter. That's Twitter. Charity begins at home. Take care of our own first.
1: What? <laughs> yeah, I... I... <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Twitter? Yes.
0: Um, does she have a superhero name yet? Please tell me it's Thunder Woman or Thorita or Lady Hammerpants.
1: Ooh, this is tough. That could really be either. Very easily. My gut is telling me it's a Marvel quote. It is none other than our
0: problematic king, Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. This is what happens when an all-mother is left
1: in charge of Asgard. Probably also Marvel, I'm guessing.
0: All-Father Odin. Mm. That jerk. Wow. This is not good. It's crazy. A woman with that hammer will be stupid. Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> that's Twitter, if I have ever heard it.
0: <laughs> you are a blasphemy. There cannot be two Thors. Um, Twitter? No, that's actually Thor says that. Uh, oh. okay. Thor? Thor? Thor's a woman now, like the for real Thor. She ain't called
1: she Thor or Lady Thunderstrike or nothing like that. Ooh, similar to a previous one that was in Marvel, but I'm going to guess Twitter.
0: No, that was Marvel. Titania says that. Titania. Wow. You hear that? Lady picks up a hammer and thinks she's something special. Marvel? Drunk Asgardian. Yep. Yeah, a lot of lady talk. Wow, Thor's boob job looks great, eh, fellas? Uh Twitter? That's Twitter. <laughs> uh You want to be a chick superhero? Fine, who the hell cares? But get your own identity. Thor's a dude. One of the last manly dudes still left. What do you oh do? Send God. him to sensitivity training and st- to stop calling Earth girls wenches? Uh,
1: the wench thing kind of throws me, but I'm going to go with Twitter. It was Crusher Creel from the comics. Ugh.
0: Uh, And lastly, you have just unleashed hell.
1: Um, Twitter?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess. (laughs) I'm sure some villain has said it in a movie before, but yes, this particular time was in Twitter. Uh, Some honorable mentions from the Twitter side of things, again, all from an announcement about the Thor comics.
1: Hmm. I wasn't a fan of
0: Lady Loki either, not because of sexism, but rather it's like if your dad got his sex change. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) on on the one hand i believe all people have the right to do whatever they want with themselves as long as they don't hurt or endanger anyone including getting a sex change operation on the other hand you don't want your dad to do it with a winky face emoji (laughs) this is something disney would do destroy a perfect character make a female thor and watch his sales drop Why Hollywood thinks us women want to be bigger and better than men is beyond me. We love our strong men. Keep Chris, all caps. Bad move, Marvel. Who wants to read this with a woman as the head? You going to ruin the movies now too? Question. Finally, women can say it's hammer time. That's unhinged. We should probably cut most of that. Honestly, (laughs) don't want to give a platform to it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. People suck. Comics fans probably suck at a higher rate than most people but i don't really know if that's true certainly the ones who talk about it on twitter do i think people on twitter suck at a higher rate than yeah people everywhere else
1: i would guess that too but thank you zane for the quiz (laughs) (laughs) thanks for delving deep into those uh, minds (laughs) emmet what is your updated taika ranking where Uh, does this sit amongst the other i guess this is seven it's
0: better than Eagle versus Shark, but probably not much better than whatever I like more than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I that was my question was sort of like do I like this or Eagle versus Shark more? Eagle versus Shark is definitely better, but I feel like I'd probably rather watch this again yeah. than Eagle versus Shark. It's a, it's a little breezier and I do really like the end. So, and the beginning is really cool.
0: The opening part with gore is pretty badass and like feels like a real movie.
1: Some of the production design is cool. Like I feel like the monsters in the movie and the weird aliens are like still pretty unique from the rest of the MCU. I don't know. Just feels pretty directionless. But yeah, that's, that's right where I'd put it too.
0: Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts on it?
1: We see Daryl from those little Thor shorts Uh, he made of Thor uh having a roommate He's like a tour guide in New Asgard. I thought that was pretty oh, sweet to include him. I wish we could have seen Taika write for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Like, it feels like he sort of gets yeah. them, but then doesn't want to do anything with them. Yeah, I did like the one Kraglin joke where he's like, this is my wife now. I liked <laughs> that, but the rest of it, like, I don't, did the, each of them even get one line? I didn't really think so. so. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got.
0: Okay, I have a couple of final thoughts on on this. I have been recently delving back into all of that Joseph Campbell stuff again for the millionth time Mm -hmm. because I'm teaching like a little kids theater summer camp and that stuff is very helpful for archetypal scenes to work on with kids. And so I was kind of like tracking all of that, but he's already like got the magic weapon. He's already got everything. So you're right. Like he kind of like starts where everything is already finished And it's hard to really say where there is to go after that. Another thing that I actually wanted to bring up when we talked about Spider-Verse Mm -hmm. and didn't get the chance to, or like like, forgot about it, which just like a crazy thing, a kind of wild thing that happened in my life that was oddly resonant with these. Okay, so the other day I was out about to go surfing. Turns out there was a guy who was like caught in a rip current and he was about to drown. And so I like ran out with the surfboard and like push that over to him got him on the board and then the lifeguards like somebody ran to tell the lifeguards and then the lifeguards came and like pulled pulled him in but basically like between the two of us like between me and the lifeguard and like who knows if the lifeguard could have gotten there quick enough if there wasn't somebody else there to like keep him afloat for you know the extra 60 seconds that it takes for them to get down the beach you know and so it's like between the two of us like we saved this guy's life and then his wife put this huge facebook post up about how like we were heroes and if anybody knew our names or anything like that because we just like once i did that i just like went back out and went surfing because like that's what i was doing and like you know like i've pulled people out before or Mm -hmm. whatever you know like it's not it's not super crazy so i was just like as soon as i knew he was okay i went back to going out to surf so i never got his name or anything like that so then they were posting about it on facebook turns into this whole thing on the local page and like thousands of people liking it and like Whoa. crazy stuff like that people calling us like calling the lifeguard and me like earth angels and <laughs> like heroes and all this crazy stuff and i just like thinking about that and like and like i felt very uncomfortable with it you know like i was like people came into the melon and were like talking to me about it while i was at work and oh, like wow. congratulations or like you know like good job and like stuff like that. i was like that's so strange. It was just like a weird trip to be on, you know. Wow. And so, like, I don't know, but that all felt felt like tied into that thing of like you're supposed to just like help people when you can, if you can. And I think that's kind of what that hero thing is. Yeah. But it's alarming to like actually have people want to recognize you for it. So it's wow. yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That's, it's, I didn't yeah. Know any of that. Yeah. So like that is just something that i've thought about with these having watched these movies being like Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's the super version of that but like people like lifeguards are people who actually save people's lives all the time
1: right yeah yeah absolutely and you didn't pop up onto that thousand comment posts and say, please listen to my movie podcasts,
0: at cinema films. We should have, <laughs> we really should have. I was just like, I got in touch with her and was like, I'm just happy. Everybody was safe.
1: Uh, me too.
0: With all of that being said,
1: join us in only
0: two weeks where we discuss the movie of the summer. The thing that we've really all been waiting for the, the threequel to end all three nope are you ready and then next week of course we will be returning to our spider-man series for spider-man into the spider-verse from 2018 to talk about miles morales and our animated Mm -hmm. spider-man very excited for that one Mm -hmm. until then stay freaky stay fresh stay frosted Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Wade lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. Wade also edits and mixes the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week.